When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to CCTV, the nonstop pop show. Your recess break is over, so time to resume our Pop 101 Dream Class with Melissa Schumann. So mentioning the kind of self-reflection shortly after yeah. that, going into 2002, it was announced that you had left Dream to pursue acting, which we know you've mentioned in other interviews that that was really a PR move and didn't reflect, you know, the complete truth. So here's your platform. <laughs> Why did you decide to leave Dream? And what was kind of your mindset at the time? Well, I mean, I had tried to leave the group actually on the road at one point. And Ashley's talked about that before. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't happy. I wasn't happy with my role. I wasn't happy with all of it. I was just very, very unhappy. Um, I was never in it. Like, I get it. Like, we had a lot of fame and popularity. But that wasn't enough for me. Like, that's not why I got into the biz. It's not why I wanted to do be a performer. Like, I wanted to be fulfilled. And I wasn't happy and the girls knew about it. So it wasn't like they, like it just came out of nowhere. So basically we were on the precipice of recording or we actually started to record the second, second album. Mm -hmm. And there was, there was a lot of just like any decision. It was a lot. It was a lot of different things that influenced it. Sure. The reflecting during nine 11 and being stuck on the road, being away from my family, that being very scary. You know, I remember actually thinking to myself, do I want to die with these people? Like, I remember think like that was like a, right. do I want to die with these people? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, I, we started to record the second album. It was being promised to us that the second record was going to be different than the first. Mm -hmm. And then as we were recording it, yeah, that's not what I was seeing. Um, I, we started recording with Wade Robson. So he was like, I think one of the first producers that we recorded with. Mm -hmm. And there was just, I missed my family. Again, I'm the oldest of five girls in my family. I'm, and I miss my mom. I'm, I, again, I'm a teen. I don't, and I'm working all the time. And on my off days, they still call me in um, to do music videos. And I just I think I was overworked. And, uh, and yeah, I just wasn't happy. So, so when I, basically gave my, I said, I'm, I'm done. They, they made sure that, you know, there was a lot of discussion for the terms in which I would leave. I was not allowed to record my own music. I could not pursue a solo record. Um, I was not allowed to use dream at all. I could not say I, I leveraged that. It could not be Melissa Schumann, formerly of dream or of dream. There could be no mention of dream. Um, and so when it's, when they said that I left to pursue acting, it was because I was not allowed to pursue anything else mm -hmm. right? other than right. that. And honestly, I had such an, a, a horrible experience up until that point of being in the music industry. I wasn't really interested in pursuing music. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't leaving to do my own solo stuff. Um, I also think that it was a subconscious thing for me too, because like I said earlier, I was caught for, you know, years before dreaming about my own solo stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was made to feel like I wasn't a team player. 
right. for having aspirations outside of the group. So I didn't want people to think that that was my, my that my reason for leaving was was selfish, right? For my own selfish pursuits. Right. So it was like a combination of all that. But yes, what they re- released was that I left to pursue acting, but that's not really why I left. I did end up pursuing acting, but that's not really why. You know, mm-hmm. right. So after open auditions for a new member, you were eventually replaced by Casey and the group started recording a new album. The next single would be Crazy with a C or a K, depending on how you search it up, featuring Loon. And this track, Ashley has since explained, was pushed by Diddy and wasn't consistent with the rest of the album or with the group's personal music taste. And it did not make too much of an impact on the charts. With the release of the second album, Reality, indefinitely postponed, and the members Holly and Diana also deciding to leave, Bad Boy Records dropped Dream and they disbanded. So looking back, and even at that time, what could you say were your thoughts about Crazy and what went down after you left? So after I left, I don't remember, like, I, I don't remember a whole lot. Like, it was like we severed ties and that was it. And, um, you know, the manager that we had at the time, Randy Phillips, is the one who helped me to get my representation with writers and artists, which was the, the acting agency that I chose um, to represent me at that time. Um, so I was just kind of on my own course at that point. I don't really remember much of anything else. I don't remember really even talking to the girls. I mean, at that point there was, there was still a lot of heartbreak. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the girls missed me. I missed them. There wasn't an easy decision, but, um, but, uh, yeah, so that's what I initially remember. And then I actually remember seeing crazy for the first time when I was actually filming say what karaoke for MTV and, not liking it. And then I think I made a comment, a public comment that hurt the girl's feelings. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, um, you know, I very much up until that point, you know, obviously I had my own traumas and the things that had also been going on, but I was, um, very much that, uh, good Christian girl that had ideals. Right. And so, my perspective on crazy is it's not really a direction I would have felt comfortable even playing a role in. I felt like it was too sexy. And, uh, so, and I, and I remember making a comment, something about like, uh, you know, this just made me feel like my decision was the right one for me because I would have never gone down that lane. And I can't remember how I heard, but upset the girls that I said that, um, but I also knew nothing about what was going on, um, you know, with them at that time. So, yeah, I remember not liking the song. I remember not really not liking the video. And um, but I later performed it with the girls on the My 2K tour and I loved right. it. So. Oh. <laughs> <Nice>. That's good. <laughs> when you're a woman. Thirty-year-old woman. It was awesome. <laughs> right. man. I was like, OK, I can get into this record. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, so, yeah. Okay. So the reality album was eventually released digitally a few years later, but unfortunately it has since been removed again. You can find it on YouTube if you search it up, but the album actually had some really huge producers on it and, and some really great tracks. So hopefully it does 
find its way back online at some point. Um, but let's talk a bit about your solo career. So you had some acting opportunities like in Love Don't Cost a Thing. You were working on some solo material and you eventually released Stereotyped, um, a solo project. And so how was it for you being a solo artist? Let's talk a bit about just your acting gigs and, and your solo music material as well. So, okay. So like I said before, initially when I left the group, I didn't pursue music whatsoever because that was in the terms. Mm -hmm. So I immediately started auditioning for projects. I did something called Anna's Dream, which was like an, a made for TV movie on a series or uh, a network called PAX that doesn't even exist anymore. I know that one. Um, so I just started doing like small little things here and there, you know, kind of finding my footing. Um, I signed with a man, a really great manager, um, professionally was great. Um, and, uh, and then when I did love don't cost a thing, um, my manager really wanted me or was, was pushing to, for me to have a song on it because my manager, if I'm remembering correctly, was a fan of dream prior. So like, you know, people wanted me to do music. Um, and so he really pushed me for that and like advocated, I guess, for me to do some music. So it was because of him that I ended up getting a song called always on the soundtrack for love don't cost a thing. But I still wasn't like pursuing music like my heart, like I might have been playing with it a little bit, but a pursuit in it, not so much. So um, so basically it was after um, the very traumatic event that happened to me during the filming of The Hollow, which I've been very vocal about. Um, it was after that traumatic event and some of the things that followed it that I felt like I needed an outlet. Like I had, it was like that right. sort of cathartic, like I got shit, I got to say, I got to right. get, I got to, I got to communicate right. what I like. I got to communicate. <laughs> I don't know. I just remember calling up my manager and I'm like, I need to start writing. Like I can't, you know? So, and then he was all excited. Like, oh my gosh, finally, like you want to do this. Um, so it was at that point I started to get in there and start writing music. And then it was, but it was really, really difficult. I had a hard time finding myself as my own artist because people saw me from the group. They wanted Melissa from dream. And the persona of what Melissa from dream was, was kind of a byproduct of Britney Spears, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And so people, and then it was like, you're 18, like sell sex, you know, even though I was a virgin and I didn't live my life that way. And I had no context of like, that wasn't authentic to me. Like what I wanted was more of a faith hill. If I could go back and actually have more control, I would have done a, a modern day faith hill would have been like a pop country crossover. That's what I would have, should have, could have done. Um, but everybody just wanted me to do the Britney thing and sell the sex and talk about sex and hooking up and all this stuff. So there was a lot of um, just not being on the same creative, like just not being on the same page. So I started recording music um, and that's actually when I did my first showcase with my first manager. It was Nils Larsen. It was the same manager up until this point. 
Uh, so Nils Larson, basically, he actually got me in to go sing for David Massey, who was the head of Sony at the time. Um, I remember them flying me out to go meet with David. And um, I sang for David in his offices. Um, and I remember David, I took it so personally. Yeah, I remember David going, you sound like a musical theater artist. And he goes, no dig. That's oh. one of the hardest things to sing. But for me, it was like, oh no. Oh, I still don't sound like a recording artist. But then simultaneously, Nils had set up a audition for me with like one of the biggest casting agencies in New York. So I actually auditioned for Rent at that time. And I was up to be casted. I was actually offered, not really offered the role of Maureen. I would have, but Naturi from 3LW had also auditioned for Rent at that time. Right. So we were, they wanted to cast us. So I would have played Maureen and then Naturi would have played the other, but apparently the audition for Naturi didn't go well. Um, so I ended up not getting the role of Maureen. So when Nils called me, he was like, I've got good news and bad news. What news would you like to know first? No. So I had totally nailed the role of Maureen and I was going to be on Broadway, which was like my life's dream. Um, and, uh, but then that didn't end up happening coming to Floration. But around that time, so I had auditioned for rent, for rent. And then audition, and then also for David. And then eventually I did a showcase for David Massey. And um, and then eventually I let go of Nils. And I ended up signing with Kenneth Creer. And, oof. and then that whole thing happened. And that got really freaking complicated. Yeah. And, and then I auditioned... It, it was like three months, guys. Like I worked with Kenneth for three months and my my career was dead. Whoa, that's crazy. It was like three, four months, something crazy like that. So, and I didn't even have that perspective until recently because I ha- I kept journals, guys. So if anybody thinks they're going to try to get smart with me, I got proof. I've got journals. Whoa. So that show it. So anyway, so I my my last and final showcase was with David Massey again. And that was in February, 2005. Whoa. And then I remember not even get, getting like an official severance from Kenneth in Right Career Entertainment. It just kind of just, we stopped talking or contacting and it was kind of taken that they weren't interested in working with me anymore. And then at that point, I mean, I had just been through so much, like the, the industry was just, I just felt like it was just too hard and I was so overwhelmed and I didn't know what to do. And I just, so yeah. And then I got married in 2006 and I moved to San Diego and away from all of it. So to take a hiatus. Good for you. Seriously. I think um, it's a little bit later on, of course, but um, you did work on your own comedy web series actresses with Aphrodite. Um, What would, would you say that your editing and your writing and producing the show helped you learn more about your passions or just, was it just an avenue to express yourself the way that Melissa wanted to express herself? Um, You know what, for me, I've always been, I love comedy and I've always wanted to do like, like sitcom, that sort of thing, half hour sitcom. And so once um, uh, once it was actually after my son was born, um, I decided at that point that I was ready to get back in and really like be true to myself. And I also felt like, 
enough time had gone on or gone by that I thought people would have forgotten about me, which sounds so strange that I would have found solace in that. Mm. But like, I wanted to recreate myself. I didn't want to be seen as the girl from dream. Right. I didn't want to be pigeon held. I didn't want people that I had met and had interaction with to give a shit about me. Um, I just wanted to be left alone and do my own thing. And so, uh, so yeah, so basically what I did is I decided I would pursue that. So I started, uh, studying with like Leslie Kahn and, um, Scott Sedita and then eventually groundlings. And I actually studied at the groundlings for about four years, right before the, my two key tour. So my goal was to get into Sunday company and become a groundling. That was like, obviously like my end goal. Um, but it was actually through that journey that I made a lot of really, I met so many wonderful people, the comedy world, man. There's so many just what, like, you know, when you're doing improv, you're so vulnerable, you know, and it's like, you find out who's a dick and who's <laughs> like a good person. It's so I swear that the, the way that you improvise is the way that you live your life. And like the way you show up in a scene is the way you show up in life. Um, so that's how I met Aphrodite was actually when she was also studying with Scott in the master class, And, uh, she also is a grad, she's a graduate from second city and, uh, and yeah, we just kind of had this concept of like actresses, but more making fun of like actresses that aren't really actresses. They're just kind of Hollywood chicks or like, I'm an actress, but like they don't study it. They don't, right. they don't they have an agent, like they're just kind of shallow in LA. So yeah, it was, that was really, it was fun to not be pretty, pretty Melissa. I didn't want people to see me as you know, I didn't want people to see me as a, as somebody they wanted to have sex with. Right. Quite frankly, right. I wanted to be seen as a legit artist. Like I can be funny. I can do this. I can do that. I've got so much more to me than, you know, my navel and my t- and <laughs> being the blonde one. But and so, so that, yeah, that entire Hard, and I dyed my hair red at one point. Like I felt so liberated. It was like, yeah, I'm the redhead. That's just, you know, the crazy, I can play the crazy redhead and nobody wants to sleep with me. It's just like, and I know that sounds so weird to be like, but I really felt even like as a kid in that group, like I was like there was like, everybody was just looking at me like that, like just like a piece of meat. And it was, I felt very unsafe and yeah, it was just a lot. So yes, I felt like that, that period for me was very, very much needed. And I and honestly feel like that, that, that part of me is the most authentic part of myself, mm. whether or not the, I, I feel like what's been so difficult is the world doesn't see me that way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like your shadow self. It's kind of like, do you know who I am, am? Or like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, And it's hard, you know, in like in an industry, like when it's all about like, what's your niche, what's your brand, what's your this, what's your that. Mm -hmm. When you've already been branded, whether it's intentionally or non-intentionally, you know, and you're like trying to change your brand and it's so dramatically different. It's hard. It's not impossible because it takes a village to, to rebrand. Indeed. And speaking of rebranding, um, in 2008, you, Diana and Ashley formed Lady Phoenix, which Mm -hmm. is absolutely 
Hmm. Okay, I just want to start with that. There were some oh. tracks that were released on SoundCloud, including like big band brassy tracks like Gentlemen, I'm the Kind of Girl, and a cover of Fever. <laughs> In addition, a pilot was filmed for a potential reality show about the group's launch, which unfortunately was not picked up by any networks. Um, ah, such a honestly, you ladies sounded so good. And because there was three of you, we could hear everyone. And it's yeah. like, whoa, they can sing. Oh, so I feel I feel robbed. You know, just a little bit. Me too. Um, I was so excited <laughs> when you guys were announced. I remember you guys did like a Q&A with a website. There was some little interviews and stuff you did. I was like, oh my God, I can't wait for this all to happen. And unfortunately, it never really fully kind of reached its potential. So can you yeah. tell us more about just kind of the whole experience in Lady Phoenix? Yeah. So Lady Phoenix, we were actually, um, I can't remember exactly, but basically we were working with a manager by the name of Star Andreef. It was actually a, a manager that I, I dated a guy who was in a lesser known boy band for about two years. And that was his manager. So I had known of star prior um, and star. I forget how we got in contact with her, but star actually had this idea of doing a sort of big band sort of girl group sort of thing. Uh, and I think Ashley and I were talking at that point. Me and Ashley totally were. It was Diana. I think we had to kind of rope in. I can't remember exactly. There was a lot to it. Um, eventually it was. Yeah, we had a couple girls that we auditioned. Um, so anyway, so it was actually through Star who had kind of had this idea for Big Band. And we loved it because actually before I left the group, when we were talking about doing a second record, me and the girls had this sort of idea of sort of a Big Band kind of, that was an idea that we all had. Um I remember us also talking about like having certain like Disney personas for the second record, but like, or, like recreating like a sleeping beauty, but like redefining it and like each one of us being a different. So anyway, so, so when Star kind of brought that up, it kind of brought up being different kinds of pinups and what that means. And um, so that was really fun. Um, and for me, especially after what I had been through prior up until this point, because you have to remember I had gotten married. I had essentially taken a big hiatus, big breather. never thought I was going to get back into music again, especially back into music with them. But at that point, actually, whereas before I had dreams of becoming and doing my own solo thing, dream became this sort of safety net. It became like, okay, I'm safe here because I'm not alone. I've got Diana and I've got Ashley. So I remember like being willing to go into music because I wasn't as vulnerable and they knew what happened to me and they knew we know each other so much. Right. So, um, so there was a, there was an element of safety with them and yeah, we had a lot of really good, I loved the music direction, but just like anything, um, we met with a lot of people and, Nobody really got it. And I was pregnant at one point. I remember sitting down and I, it was some record executive who I think was canceled. He had brown hair. I can't remember his name. Oh, skinny white guy. That's I should know probably most of them. 
But I remember us taking a meeting with him and I was like six or seven months pregnant. And he made a comment about me being pregnant. Like, Mm. it's so crazy how how far we've come because hasn't two of the members from Little Mix like been pregnant, had their babies and everyone's fine with it? Yeah. Totally. Let's like, dude, this was like 2010, 2011. That was not the way it was. 2009, it was like, ooh, a bunch of 20 somethings and they're pregnant. Ew, you know? (laughs) It was was literally that. It was that. So, um, so, so yeah, we had a great time doing the music. Ashley eventually just felt like it just wasn't really her vibe. It wasn't really true and authentic to her. You know, we had done it for a few years. I had gotten pregnant. We had done the reality show that didn't get picked up, which was a bummer. But if you look back at that time, I believe the shows that were really popular, I don't even know if Keeping Up with the Kardashians were out yet, but it was more of like simple life and funny, goofy, you know, not like real. Mm -hmm. And like we were touching on like real struggles, like our story and people, I guess, Uh, networks just weren't interested. So it just never went anywhere. And then I had my baby and um, my beautiful son. And that was just kind of the end of that, that portion of the journey. And then Ashley started to pursue her own solo stuff. So that was the end of Lady Phoenix. But I loved, I loved, um, I'm the kind of girl I thought was awesome. I loved Bang Bang was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so good. Thank you for SoundCloud. <laughs> yes. Do you actually own those masters? Like, are you able to just put them up on streaming or is there kind of a whole kind of legal battle? I'm going to be honest. I don't even know how to, I don't know how to own a master. I don't know what that means. We can get into that after this. Yeah. I can help. I, can I have help. no clue. Yeah. I know that we wrote like all of them, but owning the masters, I don't even know what that means or how to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll get into this. We'll get into this later. <laughs> Okay, no worries, no worries. I ask him all this <laughs> In 2015, Dream put up a video singing He Loves You Not Acapella, and it was kind of completely out of the blue, and it got picked up by news outlets everywhere. No chains to unlock, so free to do what he wants. He's into what he's got. He loves me, he loves you no matter. So what led to that reunion and that little mini performance? wild ashley's 30th birthday oh wow <laughs> we hadn't seen each other I, I don't think we had been together since the breakup all four of us wow and um i should also mention that holly we actually approached holly about lady phoenix she, she was not in a space to do that um so it wasn't like we like had bad blood with holly and didn't want her to be a part of that project she it just didn't work out and she also was living in san francisco at the time so um so, yeah, so we all decided to go on a trip to go visit Holly uh, for Ashley's 30th birthday. And naturally, when we're together, we can't help but sing. <laughs> and it's like an old shoe. And you have to imagine, like, after so many years and, you know, sitting in that room, practicing over and over and over again with Hassan and all them, you know, we just know and because we are so young, we just blend beautifully together. And it's, it doesn't take long, doesn't take hard anything to really pick up mm-hmm. um, for where, from where we left off. Um, so, yeah, so it was because of Ashley's 30th birthday. We sang, we put, I recorded it or we recorded it. And 
you know, everyone agreed to just release it. And so that was pretty much it. There was really nothing else. But then because we did that, it ignited it ignited some discussions of what the future could be like or what we wanted to do. But again, like we all had our own trauma. We all still have our own traumas, our own stuff. Um, and so having to kind of navigate that and like how to meet everyone's needs. And so that was kind of the beginning of what would eventually be the My 2K tour. But yeah. Right. Yes. So shortly after in 2016, Dream did join 98 Degrees, O-Town, and Ryan Carrera for the My2K tour that went all over the U.S. I, of course, went to the New York show, third row, living my best life during the Dream set. <laughs> um, but yes. Oh, it was so good. I loved all the live band arrangements you had. Uh, the set list was, was perfect. Ashley has given you credit for basically managing the group at the time. So how was your experience doing that, going on tour again, and, and now actually taking a leadership role? It was wild. Well, one, at that point, I was working for a marketing company because, you know, I had to find a way of surviving. And I, fa- I found myself in marketing, selling liquor, actually, hmm. um, and then hiring and recruiting girls to sell liquor for liquor brands. <laughs> so which is so strange. Um, so I was, I was already acting as a market manager for a few years. And then all of a sudden it was like, we discussed, Hey, we might want to do something. And then it was presented to us to be quite honest. uh, Diana was working and bumped into, I think Jeff and a bunch of the guys that were at the Roosevelt and they brought it up. And then it was, um, Jared Paul from faculty who reached out to me and who was like, Hey, listen, we're putting together this tour. We'd like to have dream a part of it. Um, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, and much like I am today, back then, 2016, after everything we'd been through, I, was, I had no, sh- I had no crap to be given. Like, I was like, mm. I'm going to tell you exactly what it is that we have, don't have, what we need. Like, I'm not here to sell us. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, we don't have management. We don't have a production company. We didn't make any money. Like if you want us to be on your, on this tour, this is what we're going to need. So it took a lot of back and forth. Um, and, uh, it was, it was crazy. So yeah, I, I mean, my husband was a huge part of why that reunion got to be together because he, he creative directed our show. He choreographed it. He's the one who basically, you know, got us our wardrobe because he was working on Lip Sync Battle at the time. So Jeannie Cheek, who was the wardrobe designer for Lip Sync Battle, actually um, did designed all of our outfits like at a super prorated rate because she loved us and wanted to support women in in, in the industry. So thank you, Jeannie, because um, we had like no budget. So it was like we paid for the fabric and that's it. Um and then we even built the tracks from the ground up because we didn't have any of our previous tracks. Right. So my husband reached out to, I cannot remember, Julian Cruz. He basically came out and we built everything from scratch, everything, our backgrounds, the, all of it. Yeah. So wow. it, it was wild. Um, there were points where I had panic attacks. Like, what are we doing? I I had to figure out meet and greets and 
merch packages and just all sorts of stuff. It took a lot of work. It was super exciting. It was also very emotional. Um, because that part of me had died. My, and God bless my husband for his patience with me because I took it out on him. Like as the choreographer, right. he's safe. But like, you know, he's, he's teaching us our choreography. I'd be like, I hate that. Like, <laughs> and I am not like, we're not like that. Like we've been together for a long time, 17 years. But it was just like this part of me that just like, almost didn't want to wake up. It was, uh-huh. you know, I was just like, ah, oh, why are you resurrecting me again? Just to break my heart. Like I can't die again and again and again. And you know, that part of yourself. Right. right. Um, so yeah, so we did the My Two Key tour, you know, somehow we got it all together and, um, and yeah, and it was an amazing experience and we totally had intentions to do more shows and we did a song, actually a follow-up that you can find on YouTube called Higher. It's a song called Higher that we did. It was going to be released as, an, uh, I think, the next single after Believe. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, and then just basically the way that it ended was no bueno. Um, I feel like the way that I broke up this last time was worse than the first. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, there's just too much water under the bridge. And I was really, I was really shocked by the way Holly responded at the end. But yeah, when, you know, when you're surrounded by certain people, that's the kind of, yeah, that's what happens sometimes. You get fed with. Yeah. 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 I was going to ask you um, how the dynamic was, you know, as grown women now, um, what was that like? Was it before when we were in the honeymoon phase, how was that for you all? It was awesome. It was great at the beginning. Um, you know, it was, it, we, we were talking about stuff from the past. I felt like we were resolving or attempting to resolve some stuff. You know, I, I feel like I really tried to meet everyone's needs. I really feel like I overcompensated in some ways to make sure that everybody was happy and comfortable. Um, and ultimately it just didn't work out, you know? Um, so, but, but up until the end, it was, it was good. I mean, might've gotten a little shaky in the middle of the tour because of some stuff. Um, but again, I can't say that it was a result of the, the, the dynamics between just the four of us. Cause now remember we have spouses, right? This is true. And kids and yeah, life, you know, life, it goes on exactly outside it of the dream. On. It does mm-hmm. go on. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, so before you did split, like you mentioned, you did release a new song called I Believe. So how did that track come about and how was the recording process? I mean, finally, you all got your own lines, finally. <laughs> so that was very refreshing. Um, love the acoustic performance that you guys did for Perez Hilton. So yeah, how was, how was that whole process? That was all Ashley. Ashley is an incredible songwriter. And I always tell her this. And I believe she will eventually get back into music. Um, it's her calling. I just can't see Ashley doing anything else, to be quite honest. Hmm. Um, but she's got two little ones right now and that takes precedence. Um, but yeah, that was all Ashley. Ashley recorded that song and actually um, presented it to, I believe it was LA Reed. 
And uh, I think that was being shopped to another artist. I can't remember which one. Mm-hmm. Um, she reworked it a few times. I had heard it a couple years prior. I was like, oh my God, Ashley, I love this record. This is an amazing song. She's like, tell that to L.A. Reid. <laughs> like, well, we need to do it, you know? And I just felt like it, it, the message of it was, I think, what really, I felt like captured what we all had been through was, you know, believing and the hope and the moving forward and um, and you're finding your voice and standing up for yourself. And I loved the empowerment theme of that song. So it was it was all because of Ashley. It was definitely enjoyed. I was listening to it in my feelings as per usual. I'm very sensitive. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, again, I just want to say I'm so glad that you, the microphones were on because we could hear you ladies. Mm. And I'm like, oh, who's holding down the low note? It was you. I was like, yes. <laughs> my, my fellow mezzo, but you sing alto part. <laughs> but you know what? That That's great. I just, again, I was enjoying you. I enjoyed that you were singing the bridge section because, you know, I love a good bridge and songs don't have them anymore. So I looked forward mm-hmm. to your part. Um, <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> but, you know, uh, now we have come to the end of the dream. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Are there any overall thoughts that you may have had about this experience and this crazy music industry? Um, And also, would you ever let your son get involved? If my son really wanted to do it, I would never tell my son no to his dreams. Um, Would I be scared? Hell yeah. And would I have do a lot of things differently for him? Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. In regards to my son, but luckily up until he's 11 now, um, he doesn't want to be a recording artist. He wants to be a gamer. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> like, safer. he's like, <laughs> like we've, we've had conversations a lot and he's like, I'm going to be a gamer. <laughs> like, like, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm like, no, but it's like, great. Manifest that. Think about it. Dream it. Like make it happen. Like I'm all for it. It's what I did when I was a kid. So do it. Right. Um, but but as far as like me and my thoughts, I'm still processing all of it, which is like so weird to say, you know, but I'm writing in my memoir. Um, I That's like my number one priority right now in order to like get all of it out in order for me to move forward. I feel like I need to say what I need to say in full context because there's just so much detail, just like anybody's life and so many things. And um and yeah, and it's just looking back and it's like, whoa, what about this? And what about that? And holy crap. And that's how that connects. And right. um, so I guess too, is I'm also still curious to see how I might fit in with the music industry. I, I would like to do music eventually. I, I think so, that's something I need to do is, is make the record that I never got to make. I'd love to be able to discover myself, no matter, even if I'm too old for people I need, I need to be able to discover who I am as an artist for myself, for my own sanity. Um, because I do, I do feel stunted in that sense to not, to have never been able to discover that. Um, so yeah. Okay. And side note, side note, listen, yeah. your, your childhood icon, JLo, she's like <laughs> older than all of us. If she can do it. <laughs> JLo. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, I feel like it's a lot easier because the gatekeeping Thanks to the internet, yeah. it's like nearly just, it's not all erased, but for the most part, you don't have to say, can I please? So can I, I please, I think you can. I, I hope you do. Just saying. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I'm going to do it even if I have five people who listen. Like, again, like for me, I feel like it's more of the getting it done and closing the chapter or 
at least never looking back and having a regret, a regret or a question. I hate that, you know? Right. So I hate going back. I'm like, well, what if, and why didn't I ever explore that? You know? And there's a good, there's a recording studio out here in Las Vegas. That's perfect. So I already have the recording studio in mind and uh, it allows me to kind of figure out what the budget I would need and that sort of thing. Um, but I'm leaning towards like a, a country crossover. I, I really like Braylon. He has a song called Cro- Cross Country. And it's this like beautiful fusion of like R&B and like country crossover. And it's just so cool. And it's got some pop to it too. That's I'm lovely. Like, shoot. I'm like, oh, maybe that's kind of like my lane. Like, I don't know. We'll see. So you can do it. I mean, Kane Brown and all these other artists are coming out now. Like you can, you can yeah. do it. You can do it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And that's exciting. You I know, will. honestly, like as, as a big fan of you, I would love to hear more music. I think there's, there's a lot more <laughs> fans out there that, that support you. And so, yeah, uh, we're looking forward to everything that you do. Um, so you. one thing we love to do on our show is recommend a track for our listeners. So this can be from dreams. Okay. This can be from your solo material. I will recommend in my dreams from the first album. I'm still obsessed with this song. I remember when you guys posted on Instagram, like, what songs do you guys want on the set list for My2K? I, I commented in my dreams. In my uh, dreams. Yeah. Also, shout out to you because you do sing lead on the second verse in the live performance on the, on the tour. In the live performance. Yeah. Ollie did agree to let go of that verse. <laughs> <laughs> he consented to letting go to that verse. Oh, Although man. I will tell you for that. Oh my God. Uh, it was so difficult. Cause again, like I still deal with uh, singing by myself and like that voice in my head. And mm-hmm. there's so many times on live, I sounded like absolute trash, but I had learned that in order to get over that, I had to get through it. Like I had to allow myself to fail and, and sound like trash. So then that way it wasn't a fear anymore. Cause if I've sounded like trash a hundred times, then maybe at, the, at some point I'll let go and I'll actually feel it. And then I can actually sing. So, um, but yeah, grateful for the, for that verse on that. I would say, uh, um, I'm the kind of girl from lady Phoenix. Although I don't know if they can even find it. It's on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. We found Is it. it. It's on SoundCloud. And okay. we'll work on getting Thank it up you. on other platforms. I'm on it. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So I go to him all the time. Believe me. He's always like, did you get it uh, put down to this what, bit rate and da 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 and make sure they put it to, and make sure I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> As we all know, I, I've been saying it the whole time. How long uh, is one of my mm-hmm. favorites. I like a nice little ballad moment. I'm a sad, yeah. you know, so I really <laughs> like that song. I feel like you know, listening to it so much. I'm like, oh, her voice would have been nice here. But that's Aww. just me vocal producing in my head. Well, thank you. It's <laughs> nice for anyone to be like, hey, you're vo- I like listening to your voice. <laughs> that's 
always nice. In the back of my head, I always think I'm torturing people when I sing. Me so. too. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, yes, if anyone's listening, if you're, if, whoever you're listening to, just let, the, let them know that you enjoy their voice. <laughs> we need that kind of feedback because we get a lot of bad feedback, no matter how great somebody is. That kind of positive reinforcement is so important. To- so. Totally, totally. But believe me, there are a lot of melodics out here. I promise you. <laughs> In the it. comments section. Some people are like, who the blonde one? Not the blonde one. Her name's Melissa. And <laughs> so that's nice. They're out here. We are out okay. here. The melodics are out. Yes. So I'm sure Thank the melodics, you. of course. I'm sure the melodics know where to find you. But for our newer fans. Where could they find you on social media? They can follow. They can find me everywhere now. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, I'm on Twitter, Facebook. I'm on YouTube. Um, but primarily, I, I've taken a little bit of a hiatus. But um, I do plan on getting back into live streaming. That was something that I was doing more consistently. Um, so they can find me on Twitch and DLive specifically is kind of my home, DLive.tv. Okay. Just type in my name, Melissa Schumann. You should be able to find me. I'm a, a verified partner there. Um, and I do like, uh, sometimes I just like to chat with everybody. Um, I'm, I'm an extrovert by nature. So, and I, and I love my fans and I love people and I, and I love hearing what's going on in people's lives. So I do kind of random chats. Um, eventually, and I've actually done live performance as well on my, I, I don't promote it because again, it's been more of a therapy for me. Right. Um, I would hate to be like promote something and it sounds like garbage and like, why did you ask us to be here? So instead I've been kind of like, thank you for being here at my therapy. And then I'll sing like, and I've been doing musical theater. So I'll sing something from Miss Saigon or Les Mis or a waitress, that sort of thing, just to kind of help me through it. So anyway, so I love my live streaming platform. I really do plan on uh, getting back into that because it's just, there's nothing like being able to control your own, mm-hmm. your own platform, you know, mm-hmm. like no one's going to shut me up. I can go live whenever I want. Autonomy. <laughs> you don't have to wait for anyone's yes, yes. you know? So that's what live stream has been for me. Awesome. Yeah. That's so cool that you live stream. Your son's probably like, mom, can you help me set up a gamer channel? Uh- Strangely <laughs> enough. Yes. <laughs> I was joking, but wow. Okay. <laughs> no, I know how to do OBS now. Like, I'm like, I'm a cool mom. I'm- <laughs> I walked into his media arts and I'm like, oh yeah, I see you have OBS, OBS up. Mm-hmm. Which filter are you using? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, what bit rate do you have it on? Okay. All right. Okay. Good. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's <laughs> from Buffalo Wings. From Buffalo Wings to OBS. <laughs> I have from Buffalo Wings to OBS. Exactly. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Street smarts. I'm a self self teacher. Come through. <laughs> you should be proud of yourself. Okay. I'm just gonna say that. I am. I cannot tell you how many hours I spent when I first decided I wanted to live stream. Mm-hmm. I swear to God and thank you to everybody who sat and watched me for hours try to learn live how to do it. I mean, I, what's wrong with my audio? <laughs> it's awesome, man. Life's crazy. Painfully awesome. Um, yeah. 
So Instructor Melissa, thank you so much for joining us here on our show and Pop 101 and going through the story of your career with Dream and Solo with us. We are huge fans and we support you, we believe you, and we are beyond proud of you. <laughs> and with that, class is dismissed. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the, the awesome conversation and thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. So leave us some comments and hit us up on our social media accounts at CCTV Pops and let us know what you think of Dream and Melissa and who else you'd like us to feature in this 101 series. Please give us a like, subscribe to our channel and hit that notification bell. And for our listeners, please give us a rating and review on your preferred podcast platform. Until next time, that's Jan. That's Chris. And we are CCTV. CCTV.